0: Welcome to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story, a $10 trillion price tag for a war over Taiwan. That's how much it could cost the global economy, according to a Bloomberg simulation. What's behind this eye-opening projection? An emergency alert ripping through Taiwan. See how the island responds to China launching a satellite five days before Taiwan's presidential election. A U.S. Navy sailor sentenced to 27 months behind bars. Find out how the service member got wrapped up in a CCP spying scheme. And a concerning development in the Israel-Hamas conflict. Reports say Chinese weapons are making their way into the hands of terrorists in Gaza. How much will it cost the global economy if the Chinese regime wages war on Taiwan? A Bloomberg report puts the estimate at $10 trillion. The $10 trillion calculation is based on two modeled scenarios. One, the U.S. gets caught up in the war. Two, Beijing blockades Taiwan to cut it off from global trade. In either case, trade would plunge. The semiconductor supply chain would take a hit, shipping lanes would get disrupted, and the U.S. could slap sanctions and tariffs on China. The world's two largest economies, the U.S. and China, would both take blows to GDP. For America, Bloomberg estimates an over 6 percent drop, for Taiwan a whopping 40 percent.
1: A a direct conflict or even indirect conflict between China and the United States would be detrimental for the entire globe economically.
0: This estimate comes at a special time. Taiwan is set to elect a new president and parliament in just five days. And the vote will decide how the island handles its relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. Any conflict between China and Taiwan could cost America dearly. Mike Gallagher, chairman of the House Select Committee on China, highlighted a war game simulation last year. Here's what could happen to the U.S. if a war broke out.
1: Equity markets would drop precipitously as global shipping lanes closed. Shipping insurance premiums would skyrocket, supply chains would break down. And the specter of global conflict uh, would grow, causing further chaos in the global financial system. Americans would likely see their pensions, their bank accounts, hemorrhage cash.
0: The committee also asked the Federal Reserve to stress-test U.S. banks to see whether they could endure the cost of suddenly losing the Chinese market. Americans had invested over a trillion dollars in Chinese stocks and bonds as of 2020. Taiwan is also important for America in terms of microchips. What's more, the island sits next to a major shipping lane and almost half of the global shipping containers pass through the route. An emergency alert ripping through Taiwan Tuesday, China launching a satellite over Taiwan's airspace five days before the island's all-important presidential election. The alert disrupted a press conference held by Taiwan's foreign minister.
2: The PRC has fired a satellite.
0: Beijing has been ramping up pressure on Taiwan. Two weeks before the election, Chinese leader Xi Jinping vowed to reunify the island with mainland China. Beijing uses terms like sovereignty and reunify to describe its view of Taiwan. Xi made the remark while commemorating the birth of Mao Zedong. Mao established today's communist China in 1949. His army expelled China's then-ruling power, which fled to today's Taiwan. Back to the emergency alert, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said it's part of Beijing's gray zone tactics.
2: To remind the Taiwanese people that the threat is there, uh, I think this is something that we have been coping with for a long time. And I think for the uh, Taiwanese government, our military stands ready uh, to deal with any kind of emergency.
0: Wu called on the Taiwanese people to remain calm and vote for their preferred candidates as planned. The front-runner in Taiwan's upcoming election giving his stance on cross-strait relations, candidate William Lai, saying on Tuesday that he would keep Taiwan's status quo if he gets elected. He added he's also open to engaging with Beijing, suggesting that dialogue can lower risks. <laughs>
1: accepting Beijing's one China principle is not true peace without legitimate sovereignty. It's a false peace, just like in Hong Kong. Therefore, our stance is to establish the power of
3: rules.
0: The communist regime sees Taiwan as part of China. That's despite never having ruled the island. Beijing has also vowed to take the island under control by force if necessary. Now all eyes are on the upcoming vote. It's set to decide how Taiwan handles future relations with China. What are the candidate's stances on relations with Beijing? Here's a breakdown. Leading the race is Taiwan's current vice president, William Lai. He represents the ruling Democratic Progressive Party. Throughout his career, Lai has been known for his staunch defense of the island's sovereignty, despite repeated pressure from the communist regime. The next candidate in line is Ho Yi, mayor of New Taipei City and a former police chief. He opposes Taiwan's independence and has avoided speaking out about China. Trailing behind him is Ke Wenzhe, the former mayor of Taipei. He said that he believes Beijing remains a problem, and that problem needs to be taken care of without sparking conflicts. A guilty plea is ending in an over two-year prison sentence and a fine for a member of the U.S. Navy. The service member was convicted last year for taking a bribery scheme from China, handing over sensitive U.S. military intel to a Chinese military officer.
1: Petty Officer Wen-Hung Zhao, also known as Thomas Zhao, faces 27 months behind bars for the crime. He's also been ordered to pay a $5,500 fine. Zhao had worked at a naval base in Ventura County, California, and held security clearance there. To carry out the scheme, he entered restricted military and naval installations to collect information for China. He sent over the information on the Navy's operational security, military trainings, and critical infrastructure. He also communicated plans for a major drill in the Pacific, plus orders, diagrams, and blueprints for a ground-to-air radar system in Okinawa, Japan. All that in exchange for around $15,000 across at least 14 different payments. The FBI and NCIS investigation found Jiao acted between August 2021 and at least May 2023.
0: A grim outlook for the world's second-largest economy, China's stocks, appear to be struggling, a key signal that its emerging market equity has declined to a record low. A top investment firm index shows Chinese stocks is on a freefall. Based on data from Morgan Stanley Capital International, or MSCI, China stocks have wiped out nearly $4 trillion worth of wealth in the last three years. China was among the worst-performing investment markets last year, and the trend doesn't appear to be slowing. Global investors have been dumping their Chinese stocks to avoid greater losses. According to MSCI, China's stock market hit its lowest point on the last day of 2023. The BRICS coalition is doubling its size to kick off 2024, and China is pushing the growth. Who are the organization's new members? And what does a larger BRICS mean for the West? Plus, troubles brewing in China's economy, with its shares in a key emerging market index hitting a record low. What's in store for China in the new year? Joining us to discuss is Anders Kaur, publisher of the Journal of Political Risk and principal of Core Analytics. Anders Kaur, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you. Anders, the BRICS Coalition just got a bunch of new members joining in with Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, and the United Arab Emirates. They joined on January 1st this year. Now, Argentina was invited to join, but they rejected it under the new president, Javier Mille. What does this mean for the U.S., especially in terms of the U.S. dollar being the reserve and global currency?
3: BRICS is trying to promote de-dollarization uh, of the global economy, and that a big part of that will be what's considered the petrodollar, because a lot of uh, oil and gas contracts are denominated in dollars. So, uh, you know, what BRICS is trying to do, and the fact that uh, Saudi Arabia has joined makes it troubling: is get rid of the dollar as the international trade uh, medium. And switch to probably, uh, well, what they say is a BRICS currency, but I think that the only really major economy in BRICS is China. And uh, so if they do de dollarize, I think most of a BRICS currency, probably 90% of it, uh, would be, it'd probably be weighted like the IMF special drawdown funds or SDRs. Um, probably similar to that, they will be, the, any kind of BRICS currency would be weighted. By the economies of BRICS members, and of course, China is the biggest economy.
0: So it sounds like, in that case, we could be seeing a rise in the RMB or the yuan. Is that fair?
3: I don't know that I would go that far. There are so many issues uh, involved in um, a BRICS currency. The yuan, though, yuan's value. I think there are there are multiple issues uh, that are that may militate against it. For example. Uh, China's economy is doing so badly right now. There's a push to increase uh, uh, fiscal spending to support the economy, and there's also a push to decrease uh, interest rates. Both of those things would probably weaken the yuan. Fiscal spending is inflationary. When you decrease the uh, interest rates, People don't want to have your cash because they're getting lower interest rates with it. So they they sell your cash and it forces the currency value down.
0: Now, speaking of China's economy, I want to look at the signals coming out of it. There's one where China's share of a key emerging market equity benchmark has dropped to a record low. What does this mean in terms of China's economy in the future, especially this year?
3: Overall, China's economy, I think, is doing horribly. I think that this trend of uh, decoupling and dis- de-risking from China it will probably continue. Um, China, seems under Xi Jinping, seems very certain of its path. And I'm not sure that China and Xi Jinping can really—part of the problem for authoritarians is it's hard for them to reverse themselves. If they've made a mistake, even if they recognize that they made a mistake— um, they don't have the same kind of public pressure that democracies have that would help them or help the government say, oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to, we're going to elect a new president who doesn't make so many mistakes. Well, you just can't do that in China. Uh, China's a dictatorship. Uh, Xi Jinping is there to stay, and he doesn't want to admit his mistakes.
0: Well, Anders thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The Israel-Hamas war has hit the three-month mark, and the Hamas terrorist group doesn't appear to be running out of ammunition anytime soon. But where are they getting the weapons? Let's take a look.
2: Chinese weapons are reportedly making their way into the hands of terrorists in Gaza. An anonymous Israeli intelligence official told The Telegraph that Hamas stockpiles include Chinese rifles and grenade launchers, as well as rifle sights, M-16 cartridges, and communications equipment. If that's true, it raises the question of whether weapons are coming directly from the Chinese regime or through a proxy like Iran.
1: When it comes to weapon supply for Hamas, there could be a couple of channels. One, direct support from the CCP. Two, they might be funneling eliminated weapons through the CCP to other countries, eventually finding their way to Hamas. Both scenarios seem quite possible.
2: The discoveries appear to threaten the once thriving ties between Israel and China, a relationship that's already cooled since the October 7th Hamas attacks. Beijing has refrained from condemning the Hamas terrorist group, and shown reluctance to support Israel's right to defend itself.
0: On Monday, South Korea accused its northern neighbor of supplying weapons to Hamas. Seoul released a photo showing a North Korean grenade. The weapon is believed to be used by Hamas fighters. Last Saturday, Ukraine also said it found evidence of North Korean missiles in a recent Russia attack. Next, we'd like to take a moment to share some of your comments about yesterday's show. Davil posed a question that if China is such a wealthy superpower, why do Chinese people keep fleeing the country toward the U.S. or other nations? Davil went on to say that, quote, never heard of an American fleeing to China. Don't forget to tell us what you think of today's show. Thanks for watching. Coming up, a China-backed firm has a new technique for tracking Apple users, and it involves the tech giant's wireless transfer feature called AirDrop. More advanced electronics may be on the horizon. A joint research team just unveiled the world's first functional graphene chip. A closer look at what it could mean for the semiconductor industry and its major players. And Shunyun Performing Arts wraps up its visit to San Francisco with theatergoers calling it the message very powerful. More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus, I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you use an iPhone inside China, beware. A Beijing-backed forensics firm has a new technique for tracking Apple users. More specifically, what they're transferring via the popular AirDrop feature. According to Beijing officials, this new method can crack Apple's encrypted device code and identify file senders through their phone numbers and emails. The firm's end goal here is to root out what the CCP called, quote, inappropriate remarks as well as potential bad influences. So far, authorities said that police have already identified a number of suspects. Worth noting, the eardrop feature was widely used when people across China rallied against the regime's draconian pandemic lockdown measures. It also served as a key line of communication for activists during Hong Kong's pro-democracy movement in 2019. With just a simple tap, the service allows users to send files without disclosing their identities. In recent years, China has been ramping up due diligence on Apple's operation in the country, especially when it comes to content. In turn, Apple began to cut back features on devices it sells in the Chinese market as of 2022. New action in the push to cut U.S. reliance on chips from China. U.S. lawmakers are calling the white house to put more controls on chinese chip imports that's coming from a letter by house republican mike gallagher and his democrat colleague cutting-edge chips are mainly produced in taiwan china still produces less advanced models but beijing's ambition to become one of the world's top chip producers is causing concerns What are the concerns? The House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party warns that several U.S. industries over-rely on supply chains from China, even weapons manufacturers. Lawmakers warned China could use that as a bargaining chip to punish other countries, including the U.S. The Chinese regime has a history of manipulating its strategic exports. Beijing already has put limits on rare-earth exports, a key component for making batteries. As a result, the House members are urging the trade and commerce departments to use all tools in their arsenal, including potential tariffs to protect U.S. supply chains. Zooming back in on microchips, the tiny devices have come into the political spotlight more than ever, since they're critical for both civil and military industries and and AI development. U.S. chip giant NVIDIA will soon roll out groundbreaking AI chips for China. The company looking to kick off mass production in the second quarter of 2024. Here's the inside scoop on how the giant is navigating U.S. export rules.
4: NVIDIA plans to begin mass production of an artificial intelligence chip designed for China. It aims to start in the second quarter of this year with the semiconductor made to comply with U.S. export rules. That's according to two people close to the matter. The H20 chip is the most powerful of three China-focused chips NVIDIA developed to meet restrictions announced in October. It was first scheduled to launch last November, but the plan was delayed. Sources told Reuters at the time the hold-up was down to issues server manufacturers had integrating the chip. NVIDIA declined to comment. Reuters previously reported that Chinese companies were reluctant to buy the downgraded H20 and they're testing domestic alternatives because of a fear the U.S. could tighten restrictions again. Last year, Reuters reported search engine leader Baidu ordered AI chips from Huawei in a shift away from NVIDIA. In addition to the H20, NVIDIA plans two other chips that comply with the new restrictions, the L20 and L2. The chipmaker has yet to announce the sale of any of the three.
0: Smaller and faster electronics may be coming. The world's first functional graphene semiconductor has been made. A joint effort between American and Chinese scientists. Nearly all electronics rely on silicon semiconductors. But the material is reaching its limits as the industry continues to demand even faster computing. For next-level chips, graphene might be the solution. Graphene can make more efficient devices and has properties not found in silicon. The leader of the joint U.S.-China research team called it a paradigm shift. China has been trying for a graphene breakthrough for years. China possesses 80 percent of the world's graphite ore, where graphene comes from. If graphene-based chip research continues to shift the semiconductor industry away from silicon, China's graphite supply dominance could grant it a much stronger foothold and eventually allow Beijing to break free from U.S. sanctions. Taiwan currently leads the world in semiconductor manufacturing, producing half of the world's chips. The U.S. has the most advanced technology and holds nearly half of the total semiconductor market share. The world's premier classical Chinese dance company using art to revive a traditional culture almost lost to the ages. Here's a look at what theatergoers said about Shen Yun and its mission. Let's dive in.
1: Shen Yun Performing Arts took the stage at the San Francisco Opera House this past weekend. Locals share their experiences.
4: It's amazing uh, as a part of the performance of the dancer. Uh, very well done choreography. Uh, their performance, uh, the way they dance, uh, the, the way they organize it uh, is uh, very well done and a uh, very high-value show.
3: We were very, very
2: impressed with the breadth of scope and the everything from modern-day stories uh, to ones from thousands of years ago to ones from rural China.
0: Uh, so we thought it was all very imaginative.
1: Shen Yun portrays China before communism. The New York-based company's mission is to revive genuine traditional culture through music and dance.
4: It was just a wonderful
3: cultural display of China's greatness before, unfortunately, the dark ages of communism. We were just thrilled to see such a fantastic display of artistry, uh, coordination, balance, and storytelling.
1: It's something that can capture the audience and it can really make it so we we are part of a story, we're part of an adventure, but we're also part of an emotional history that cannot be erased by a regime
0: or by a peoples. It's very, very powerful.
1: Many say it's more than just a performance.
0: Very happy that Shen Yun has so many performances around the world to share that message of hope. I think the name of the show, I think that what it was uh, divine and movement and there was a huge message of hope.
1: NTD News, California.
0: That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.